Welcome. Let's continue doing projectile motion problems. And, and this, I think, uh, this video will be especially entertaining because I will teach you a game that you can play with a friend. And it's called, Let's See How Fast and How High I Can Throw This Ball. And, and you'd be surprised. It's, an, it's, it's actually a, a, a quite a stimulating game. So let's, let's, let me just write down kind of the, the uh, let me write down everything we've learned so far. Change in distance. Well, that might be too, uh, let me keep stay with the blue. I never use the blue. Change in distance is equal to average velocity times time. And we know that change in velocity, change in velocity is equal to acceleration times time. We also know that average velocity is equal to the final velocity plus the initial velocity over two. We know the change in velocity, of course is equal to the final velocity minus the initial velocity. This should hopefully be intuitive to you, right? It's just the how fast you're going at the end minus how fast you're going at the beginning. Divided, uh, no, no division. It's just, I got, I got stuck in a pattern. It's just VF minus VI, of course. VF minus VI. And then, and, and, and these might, you probably already knew this before you even um, stumbled upon my videos. But, uh, and the two non-intuitive ones that we've learned and they're really just derived from what I've just written up here. If you ever forget them, you, could, you should try to derive them. And actually, you should try to derive them even if you don't forget them, so that you, when you do forget it, you can derive it. But it's change in distance, change in, let me change it to lowercase d just to confuse you. Change in di distance is equal to the initial velocity times time plus plus at squared over 2. That's one of what I'll call the non-intuitive formulas. And the other one is that the final velocity squared is equal to the initial velocity squared plus 2AD. And we've derived all of these, and I encourage you to try to rederive them. But using these two formulas, you can play my fun game, how fast and how high did I throw this ball. And all you need is your arm, a ball, a stopwatch, and maybe some friends to, to, to watch you throw the ball. So, so how do we play this game? We take a ball, and we throw it as high as we can. And we see how long does the ball stay in the air. So what do we know? We know the time. We know the time for the ball to leave your hand, essentially leave the ground and come back to the ground, right? So we are given, we're given time. What else do we know? Well, we know acceleration, right? We know acceleration is just minus 10 meters per second. If you're actually playing this game for, you know, for money or something, um, you probably want to use a more accurate acceleration. Uh, you could look it up on Wikipedia. It's, you know, it's minus 9.81, whatever, whatever, uh, meters per second squared. And, and and do we know the change in distance? At first, you're saying, well, Sal, I, I don't know how high this this ball went, but we're talking about the change in distance over the entire time, right? So it starts at the ground, essentially at the ground. I'm assuming you're not like 100 feet tall. You're essentially at the ground. So it starts at the ground and it ends at the ground. So really the change in distance, the change in distance, delta d, is 0. It starts at the ground and ends at the ground. And that's, th this is an interesting. This is a vector quantity, right? Because the direction mattered. If I told you how far did the ball travel, well, then you would have to look at its path and say how high did it go and how, how high where did it come back. And actually, if you wanted to be really exact, the change in distance would be the height from your hand when the ball left your hand to the ground. So if you're like, you know, if you're like six feet tall, 
or two meters tall, the change in distance would actually be minus two meters. But we're not going to do that because that that would just be too much. But you could do it if if you you know if if there's ever a close call between you and a friend and you're betting for money. So let's see. You're given these things, and we want to figure out. So we want to figure out a couple of things. We want to figure out. Well, the first thing I want to figure out is how fast did I throw the ball? Because that's that's what's interesting. Because that is you know that would be a pure test of 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 testosterone. So how fast? So I want to figure out vi. Vi equals question mark. Well, which of these formulas can we use? And actually, I'm going to do it first with the formulas, and then I'm going to show you kind of an almost an easier way to do it where it's more intuitive. But I want to show you that this. These formulas can be used for 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 fun with your friends. So let's use let's see. We know time, we know acceleration, we know the change in distance. So we could just solve for vi, right? So let's do that. So in this situation, change in distance is zero. Let me change colors again, just to just to change colors. So change in distance is zero, right? Change in distance is zero is equal to vi. Vi times time, and let me put the g in for here. So it's minus 10 meters per second squared divided by two. So it's minus five meters per second squared. We could say almost. So it's minus five t squared, right? All I did is I took minus 10 meters per second squared for a divided by two, and that's how I got the minus five. If you used 9.81, whatever, this would be 4.905 something something. But anyway, let's get back to the problem. So if we wanted to fit solve this equation for vi, what could we do? Well, this is pretty interesting because there's we could factor a t out, and and this actually and and every, what's cool about these physics equations is that everything we do actually has kind of a a real um, reasoning behind it in the real world. So let me let me actually flip the sides and factor out a t just to make it confusing. So I get t times vi. Minus 5t is equal to zero, right? All I did is I factored out a t, and I could do this. I didn't have to use a quadratic equation or factor it because there wasn't a constant term here. So I have uh, this expression, and if I were to solve it, assuming that you know vi is some positive number, I know that there's two times where this equation is true, right? Either t equals zero, t equals zero, or this or this term equals zero. V i minus five t is equal to zero. Or since I'm solving for uh, velocity, we know that V i is equal to V i is equal to five t. Interesting. So what the, what does this say? There, there's two times. If we knew the velocity, we could solve it the other way. We could say that t is equal to V i divided by 5, right? These are the same things, just solving for a different variable. But that's cool, right? Because there is, there are two times when the 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 change in distance is 0. At time equals 0, of course, the change in distance is 0 because I haven't thrown the ball yet. And then at a later time or, you know, my initial velocity divided by 5, it'll also hit the ground again. So those are the two times that the change in distance is 0. So that's pretty cool. This isn't just math. Everything we're doing in math has kind of a application in the real world. So we've we've solved our equation. vi is equal to 5t. So if you and a friend go outside and uh, throw a ball, and it takes 
literally, and you try to throw it straight up, although we'll learn when we do the, the two-dimensional two projectile motion that it actually doesn't matter, really, if, if you have a little bit of an angle on it, uh, because the vertical motion and the horizontal motions are actually independent, or can be viewed as independent for each other. Um, but if you want to figure out, and, and this velocity we're gonna, you're going to get if you play this game is going to be just the component of your velocity that goes straight up. Okay, and that might be a little confusing, and hopefully it'll make a little more sense in a couple of videos from now when I teach you vectors. But the, the velocity, if you if you were to throw this ball straight up, and and time it, you know when it hits the ground, then this velocity would be literally the speed, actually the velocity at which you throw the ball. So what would it be? Let's see. If if I threw a ball and it took two seconds, if it, it took two seconds to to uh, go up and hit the ground. And I could use this formula, and this is actually five meters per second squared. Five meters per second squared. I, all the times t, right? Times t seconds. So if it took two seconds, so if t is two, t is equal to two, then my initial velocity is equal to ten meters per second. And you could convert that to miles per hour. We've we've actually done that in the in previous videos. If if you throw a ball so fast, let's see. If you throw a ball, if you throw a ball that 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 stays up in the air for I don't know for 10 seconds, for 10 seconds, then you threw it at 50 meters per second, which is extremely, extremely fast. So hopefully I've taught you a little bit about a fun game, and in the next video I'll try to f I'll show you how to figure out how high did the ball go. I'll see you soon.